so we still have a lot of work to do to stamp out some of the um, injustices and, and the antiquated values um, that and policies that happen um, in the spirits industry and in the whiskey industry. Um, and I think that that comes to an important point. When we know about this, what do we do? So it's very easy to not buy a bottle um, if, if you hear this brand is a piece of shit. Okay, <laughs> I won't buy the bottle anymore, right? That's very easy. Um, when I first, you know, the story broke about Uber and the piece of shit that owned Uber, mm-hmm. this was years ago, I stopped using Uber and I have never used them again mm-hmm. because I know that there's been a change in, in uh, you know, the king was stepped down and, you know, all of that. But still, it, so it was easy for me. But what else would you say that we can do as a consumer, the consumers that are listening you know, is it enough to just say, I'm not going to buy that spirit anymore? Um, so what else can we say? Here's what you can do as an ally. I, th- I think a lot of it is about um, disseminating the story and taking ownership of the ownership of the story yourself. You know, I think um, when when from your point of view, you say how my story affected you and why, and you're sharing that with people in the industry and not in the industry. Like, this is something that's relevant. I mean, this story is, I mean, bigger than the liquor industry. I mean, it's, so I I think it's, and you, you, you can use it as a point of discussion to departure, to make it your own. I, I've noticed, you know, like in the past six days that the post has been out, a lot of people taking real ownership and appropriating, like my story, for their own needs, wants, healing, whatever. And and I, you know, had to kind of sit down because I had a kind of a moment about that because I had to really understand like keeping that secret, but also how much of that trauma was um, mine, like it was mine, right? And now it's other people's, right? And And I had to think a little bit, like, do I share this, you know, because I don't want to traumatize people and you kind of, that's, that's a patriarchy mess with your head bullshit thing. Um, <laughs> I think I think that, um, but but seeing how people have really d- turned it, it's turning into something else, and just mm-hmm. have and lit and allowing it, allowing that to yes. um, turn into whatever it needs to. Um, I mean, as, as, I mm-hmm. mean, definitely guiding it so that it's for long lasting change, right? For the for rights, you know, for equal rights, for for. Um, for women to be treated better, you know, more respectfully. Yeah. But I think I think at this point it's share it's sharing the story, and I think it's also sharing the fact that um, when you have understandings about the story, um, you know what what I felt reading the story, reading the last there was an article that was written last week about um, the story, and it's the first time that Diageo or Tom has spoken about anything that I've posted, um, and um, but the. But it wasn't a conversation. Um, it just it, it was just a kind of a speaking at at the story, and I don't even know if it was a pivot. I, I don't really know what it was. Um, but I noticed that some people really took that as like a win. Some of my friends, and you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't a win to me. Um, 
I, I was, I was, I'm pragmatic, so I'm happy that I had a say at all in that article. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I am too. Um, but I think that, you know, I think it takes, I think it takes being invested in the story enough to look at the article and go, you know, I'm very consistent throughout it, and um, the other parties involved are not. And uh, the other parties involved um, claim things that, that are beyond their powers and expertise, um, that I feel like is, is gaslighting the consumer and the audience in a way. Um, and so I guess what I can say is, you know, maybe take some of my experience on how I've been gaslit and understand how you're being gaslit, right? And not just for that situation with me, like for everything. Yeah. I want to just make sure everybody understands the term gaslighting because mm-hmm. I have had to respond to several posts in the past couple of months with just a definition. Gaslighting, to manipulate someone by psychological means into questioning their own sanity. So when you say, when a woman says, you know, that man just did such to me, and they say, well, you're crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, are you sure that's how it happened? Mm -hmm. Were you sober? What were you wearing? This is all gaslighting. To me, the article... Uh, was just one big gaslighting article. Um, it was not written uh, journalistically. It, it was very irresponsible from a journalistic standpoint. Um, it almost, if I didn't know better, I would think that Diageo paid for that article to be written. You know, that's, I, I'm not saying that's what happened, but that's what it reads like to me. Um, so, it's very important to understand what gaslighting is, number one. So anytime you hear of a claim, please think to yourself, read through the story again and go, does it seem like there's any gaslighting here? Either, like you said, to the person making the claim or the people reading it. Also something important to know, the amount of abuse claims or sexual assault claims or harassment claims that are reported that are false are 0.001%. This is something that is incredibly important because this has come up also in several discussions on the articles about you or on some of your posts. It is very, very easy for the patriarchy and for abusers to gaslight with, well, you know, how many claims are false. And women do that all the time as Mm -hmm. gold diggers. And that ties into the discussion of money. If we ask for money, we are a gold digger. Our claim must be false. What mm. I want to say to that is go fuck yourself. <laughs> well, 0.001% yeah. claims are false. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. The, the, amount, the amount of um, mental training and gymnastics and marathoning that I've had to do to get to this point in my life. You know, I'm 45. Yeah. <laughs> To get to this point in my life, to be able to tell my story in full, um, I I can't imagine anyone choosing that. No, um, it's and I and I think you know I was saying to my I was saying a lot like the last couple of months like to share like Jesus my whole life's been about Tom and uh, it's it, really and. Um, and it kind of occurred to me like, well, if that's what it is, that's what it is. And let's, let's see, let's just embrace it. But let's embrace my experience of Tom wholly and truly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I just, I don't, 
It's, it's been, it's been a lot. And I think, I think when I go back and think like, wow, it's been a lot, right? (laughs) You know, I have to, if I detach from myself, I have to be like, wow, that's, that's really amazing. You know, I, I went through a lot and I'm doing good. And, and I think, you know, I think that that's almost the real purpose of my story because I really want my life to mean something. And I, I, I'm, I'm happy for it to mean something beyond like good taste and brown liquor. You know, I, No, or like, wow, that's a great cocktail. Like, you know, those are great things. They're good experiences. But I'd like for my life to have like some meaning. Like if all this stuff is going to happen, then it should imbue change. And, you know, you know, if this is just sometimes I feel like if one out of three women have experienced sexual abuse, like I must have taken some for the team, man. You know, so (laughs) I think. You know, and that's dark. And you, sometimes you have to have dark humor about this stuff. Oh, you, oh, for you sure. That sur- survivor's humor is dark humor. And I, I'm not trying to say that, you know, if, if you've only experienced like a, if you only had a scraped knee and, and I've had a broken body, we have the same understanding of pain. We have the same, the same th- like pain threshold. So I don't want to say all of this happened to me. Why aren't you speaking up about your stuff? That is not at all what I'm saying. I'm saying... I've been through a lot. I, I was, I did not have parents, right? I mean, I, I've been through a lot and I ended up okay. And I'm in a successful, um, functioning relationship that's gone on over a decade. You know, I found love and functionality in my life and you can too. Mm. But part of that journey has been saying no in actions. It's been saying no in words. It's been standing up for myself to get to this point and it's taken a long time you know I didn't just say no you know I I I stopped staying at my parents house and felt incredibly guilty about it you know I I every step was uncomfortable and felt gross and and that's kind of where you I think have to get where you feel trapped and uh you know, the old behavior doesn't feel good. The new behavior doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. But you just take a chance that maybe if you do something different, it'll feel better, you know, mm-hmm. and not judge yourself for not having done it before. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. great advice. That's that's important advice, I think, mm-hmm. especially to women out there that may be women or men out there that may mm-hmm. be having a difficult time saying no to a situation. I think, you know, for me, I had. I'm 46 years old and I'm just learning to say no mm-hmm. for many reasons. I'm learning to say no because I'm also in a happy, healthy, functioning relationship mm-hmm. and I can't mm-hmm. work seven days a week, <laughs> you know, 800 hours a week, cause, but that's what I'm used to doing, you know, and many of my relationships suffered because of that um, because I felt that I had to and I, I've learned to say no to inappropriate situations and sometimes saying yes is easier than saying no. This is a weird dichotomy, even though it's, you know, you're putting yourself sometimes in harm's way. It feels easier. Well, just, okay, I'll just say yes and let this guy do the thing or say something mm-hmm. appropriate. or You know what I mean? Because you feel uncomfortable. Like, well, what if yeah. I say no? And what if he gets mad? Or what if he doesn't, you know, especially if it's at a, in a workplace, what if I don't get the thing or to do or creates problems or but I get there, fired? Yeah. Or- there are pragmatic, legitimate concerns in saying no, which is, you know, something that, you know, I that we should be talking about, though. You know, that just speaking up doesn't always get you 
a, a lot of good responses. You know, you really have to be careful. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I've been, I've tried to be as careful as I can with, you know, I'm in a safe place. I live in a, in a community that has a gate with a, mm-hmm. with a security camera. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I don't, I don't have my address online. Very mm-hmm. few people have my phone number, you know, I, so, but, but I mean, just in terms of like, we were, we were talking about this with the discussion coming up today, just, yeah. you know, you're at a bar, somebody makes a pass at you, somebody says gross mm-hmm. things to you, right? You know, it's not okay. And um, it might be easier, like what you were saying, Sailor, don't want to cut you off, like what you were saying, it might be easier in that yeah. moment just to be like, okay, I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to maybe pretend that didn't happen because the bartender's mm-hmm. looking at me funny and the, the bar manager's over there and, oh, you know, and, and then, but then what you can do is you can go home and assess your situation Assess it with some friends. Tell some friends what happened that are trustworthy and and really understand what the repercussions could be. Do a worst case scenario, right? Because mm-hmm. that's going to help you understand how to move forward. You know, write an email to yourself about what happened so it's time stamped. Yeah. In, in the next in that week, mm-hmm. write an email to that guy. Be like, "Huh, that was a weird kind of evening we had maybe give them a couple excuses maybe you had too much to drink i'm kind of concerned whatever they write back i don't care right. what it is. save it and <laughs> save it yeah you know and, mm-hmm. and if smart. you decide not to do anything about it fine um but understand that you have had some power in that you know and understand huh maybe you know look at your company maybe you can't take that to your hr you know maybe um Maybe this is somebody you have to work with every day. Maybe it's not. Maybe you can start figuring out ways of having excuses. Just be sick. Oh, you got to leave in 15 minutes. Oh, my dog, you know, it has asthma. Whatever. Come up with creative ways to not be around this person or creative ways to have a buddy when you have to be around this person. Know when this person is going to be at an event. Have an exit plan. Yeah. Tell other people this person's at the event. You know, just... Have your phone on you at all times. You can mm-hmm. hit record. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and docu- like you said, document, 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 document. I mean, I've been in that situation, unfortunately, with reps from distributors. And I've said to friends, hey, unfortunately, I have to ride along <laughs> with this creepy guy who makes passes at me every time. Mm-hmm. And I have to be alone in a car with him. And I did weigh, do I say something to, do I say to my company, I won't ride with him? And I didn't, I felt like it was easier for me to just, Make sure people knew that I felt unsafe, document everything. Yeah. And I, you know, turned on one of, I have one of those apps, like you can see my location and whatever. Mm-hmm. And my girlfriends would check in on me. They text me like, hey, Taylor, have you murdered him yet? Or what's going on? <laughs> you know, and I would, and I made sure that, you know, I said to him, I, I got a little more comfortable as I got older. And I was like, look, dude. Like, it's funny to like joke about making passes and whatever, but you know, like I'm here for work. I'm not interested. And, you know, it didn't help the situation, but document, document. And yeah. finally, I got him. He sent me a text because, unfortunately, you have to give your number out to these people, too. Um, and it was a very inappropriate text message. And I finally was just like, OK, screenshot and um, sent it to my company. And that was I didn't ride with him again. So which know. is good. And I'm, I'm happy that your company stood by you. But I yeah. do want women to not be paranoid, but weigh those options. Maybe yeah. your company yes. won't. They didn't behind yes. me, you know, and yeah. I and so, you know, maybe be prepared for whatever your company says when you decide to reach out. And that means having another job in the wings. It has some money saved up. 
Um, usually they will not support you. Unfortunately, that is still frequently. The world yeah. Just so everybody understands, usually they will not have your back. Yeah. I, and they say, and the, the confusing part is that they say that they, you know, there's a lot of different versions of listening in quotes. You know, there's one version of listening where you just don't say anything and, and whoever is there uh, can just assume that the other person agrees or doesn't agree, right? And then there's another version of listening where you you just outright lie and say, I'm going to deal with this, and then you don't. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> which yep. we've all None experienced, of which are examples of sure. listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or my favorite... Well, it seems like you're uncomfortable here. No, yeah. No, yeah. This isn't going to work out. So we're going to, we'll go ahead and let you go so that you can find a place you've, and where like, you can whoa, be whoa, more comfortable. Oh, yeah. Hang on a second. Yeah. I'm just telling you, this person did super inappropriate shit that, like, in your little handbook here is against mm-hmm. company policy. But because I'm uncomfortable with him doing against company policy shit, I'm getting the boot. Yeah. What the fuck? That was yeah. a cold. A bucket of water on my head when I was younger. Yeah. Jesus. And for all of our listeners, I think late men and women, if you're in positions where um, you're being dominated in such a way that, that w- w- through the workforce or through uh, social situations that you just feel like you don't have a voice, we're not saying that this is easy or that it's fair that we have to do these things, but these are just smart choices to protect yourself. And the more that we practice these things and have accountability, hopefully we're making these, like she said, long-term differences that can change the world. I mean, it feels hopeless sometimes. It really does. It feels like, you know, we're not making any difference, but it is a continuous steady change. When you look back at how much we have changed the world around us mm-hmm. from, you know, the 19th. It was only, it was less, it's about 50 years ago that the black vote even existed, yeah. you know, yeah. like yes. genuinely, like, yes, it was in 1870 when it first was put into law, but it wasn't until like the 1960s that it was that Jim Crow laws were even addressed. Right. So like and these the are women could vote. Exactly. These, these are very yeah. current history. It would be, it would be complete hubris of us to assume as a nation that we'd already done all the fighting we need to do. And so we need more allies, people who are willing to say, Hey, um, I, I have a stronger voice right now than you do. Let me speak alongside you and at least let me lift you up so that your voice can be heard. Let me, let me not speak for you, but let me lift you up. And so, um, for all of our listeners out there, if you're going through it, it sucks. I've been there. We've all been there. And I love, and I'm so grateful that, um, that Hollis, that you're sharing your story. I also love that your last name is worth because <laughs> that means so much to me. I mean, like, how much of a spokesperson could you be for the worth of women? No, you're worth. <laughs> to have, like, literally worth. have it in your last. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Hashtag know your worth. But, yeah, I mean, both on both sides, the fact that we can both lift each other up, give each other a platform to share our stories, but also for those of you who are going through it right now and who are hurting, I hope that you can feel uplifted and know that, yes, it is a struggle, but don't quit. <laughs> don't stop fighting because... Every little step means something in the long run. I, I don't want people, like, no matter what happens with my story from here on out. I mean, who knows? Oh, I'm being quiet. 
I think you're. I think you're good to yeah, keep you going. Okay. Back. Okay. No matter. No matter what happens with our story from here on out, um, you know, I don't. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, yeah. if we end up in court at some point. Even you know, and I. I've thought this through. You know, even if in court I end up losing, I. I don't really feel like that. That's a loss at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't feel like I'm up against some insurmountable odds here with a global corporation. Yeah. So yeah. Eh. Um, but I, I feel mm-hmm. like you know we get a lot of. I got. You were talking about how if you can't do it, you can get inspired by other things. So in 2015, when they made gay marriage legal, that was the first time I felt like an American citizen in my life. And I didn't know that mm. until that day. Wow. And, and, and that happened in 2015. And lo and behold, in 2016, I'm starting to get the courage to say no to the work situation I was in. Mm. because I for the first time in my life felt like I was a citizen and I'm a little bit ashamed to be like why couldn't I just be a badass and be like I'm a citizen you know (laughs) before that but that that supreme court ruling really affected Mm me Mm. and you know I I hope that um that that somehow this story can really affect people no matter the outcome I want people to understand I'm going to be okay no matter what happens and I'm going to be you know, fighting for myself no matter what happens. So, you know, like, again, go to court, don't win. I I, I don't care. It's not about that. It's mm-hmm. about a venue to say no. <laughs> yeah. So d- don't get discouraged by, if you're invested in my story, don't be discouraged by these articles that happen. Mm-hmm. D- don't be discouraged by, you know, I, the people be like, oh, she crazy. Oh, she bet she, she crazy. She liar. You know, oh, I love that Tom. He's charming. You know, like, don't, don't, yeah. don't be all, like, nervous. I, I think it's hilarious, you know, I, especially the grammar that most of the people who hate me have. So, I mean, I think, I, I, I think it's, d- don't stop being inspired because policy change doesn't happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And just the more people who speak up, the easier it's going to be for more people right. to speak up. Yeah. So even if you're doing just the littlest that you can, it's helping. You know? Yeah. And support mm-hmm. those people that speak up. Yeah. That That is Listen. crucial. If you don't have a story to tell or don't want to tell your story, that's okay. Yeah. Speak, mm-hmm. help, share that Facebook post. Yeah. Comment, comment on something, you know, just help that person Hey, did you hear this? Hey, did you? Anytime I see a picture, you know, if someone posts a picture with that certain spirit, I say, hey, have you heard the story? And I just post a link. That's Mm -hmm. all I do. Up for you to decide. I just want to alert you to what is behind this brand because I think you wouldn't be okay with it. That's the assumption I make to literally every human being is surely you wouldn't be okay with this. Right? Yeah. But, and, it, and it is, I mean, I guess it is, like, it's kind of cool. I guess, like, yeah, six days in, we're changing the history of the Bullet brand and some of Bourbon. That's right. You know, I mean, That's here, right. like, here's, you know, a daughter of the business is sitting here going, nope, guys, you know, no, no with this whiskey patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Enough with that. And, I mean... It's cool, you know, Mitch McConnell's out blubbering around and, you know, hear somebody like, well, maybe one of your biggest... Uh, resources of revenue is uh super infected along with a lot of the stuff you're doing so i think that there's something kind of fun with that story i think that's why i was really into the brand in the first place because i felt like i was breaking a glass ceiling with it 
And now I feel like I'm breaking a more important glass ceiling with this. Yeah. Um, like it's, it's not okay. Just, it's not okay for Kentucky to mean this. It's just, Oh, Kentucky boy. It's, it's not okay. It's like locker room talk. It's not okay yeah. anymore. Exactly. Absolutely. It never Absolutely. was. It never was. Yeah. Thank and, you. Yeah. And it never was. let's, yeah. Let's take a quick moment here, just a little musical break, because mm. I want to, I want to kind of wrap up our discussion talking about some of the people. You guys who are have so made cute. Meaningful <laughs> you guys are so them. cute. I cannot. I know. I love it. I love it. Cher is like the most supportive human being on the planet. I, I'm just. Uh, Can we do a show at some point? And I'm going to put in a plug. Can we do a show at some point to for people to understand who are on the other end of this? Partners that are supporting. Oh, yeah. Because Cher, that's yes. Cher's story, and Cher and I had a long conversation yesterday, and I was like, "What is your story in this?" Yeah, she hates the long conversations. And I'm like, it's a, it's a requirement for lesbians. Um, but I, I think you know, she, she, her story, I think would a lot of the men that are tuned in today. I think it that are supporting their girlfriends, you know, I think and, and, and not even just men, everybody. But, you know, I think that it really helps you understand how to be an ally. You know, I She's would love a- I would love to do. And I think mm-hmm. we could we could spark it with the story of Patty Smith who, um, if you don't know who she is, she's a prolific musician and mm-hmm. artist and writer. And there, she her story is she was an, an entity of her own and uh, nursed her partner to his death, sadly. But it is such a beautiful story of her learning to be the supportive one because he was always the one supporting mm-hmm. her because mm-hmm. she was the famous one and the celebrity mm-hmm. and how that. So I, I would absolutely love to do mm-hmm. that. Yes. Let's listen to some music for a second. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the people who are currently making changes in our industry. Just sit down and have a brew. If zombies come back from the dead and you're all tucked up inside your bed, put down your guns, use tea instead. Then use the cup to smash their heads. Sarah, can, can we just talk? Okay, so we've we've had a pretty hearty discussion about, you know, some of the things that uh, women in the world and women in our industry face. And um, we've talked about Hollis's story a little bit. I want to talk about being a Wonder Woman for a minute. And I want to talk about the inspiration um, to do this show. So I felt incredibly inspired when I first heard your story, Hollis, when you brought things to light. I believe it was in 2016 and uh, was on another podcast network at the time and very much wanted to discuss your story and was told emphatically, no. Kayla and I were on the same network and we both felt very strongly about it. And so did all of the other women on the show, mm-hmm. but the man who owned the network emphatically no. Um, it sat with me all these years, and the more I saw you post, the more I saw you tell your story. I thought, you know, I have seen Hollis and I have been at um, industry events several times. I think we might have met once, like a hi hi how are you thing. We meet hundreds if not thousands of people a year at all these things. I don't remember everybody I meet, even though I wish I could. I did not expect you to. But being in the Cincinnati area, I we frequented the same events quite often. And um, 
So I felt a kinship because of our industry, and I felt obviously a kinship as a whiskey woman and also just as a woman and human on this earth. So I wanted to reach out and say, hey, if you would like, I would love to share your story on our show. I would love to get to know you better. I would love to share the love of our podcast family with the both of you and let people hear that a, you are okay, which I think is going to bring great relief to a lot of your supporters <laughs> um, and dissatisfaction to the detractors. We don't care about Good. them. Yeah. Fuck them. We don't give a shit about them. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of people will say, you know, well, what can we do? How do we support them? It's making change. Right before the break, that's what Kayla was talking about. We are making change. We have a woman that just founded – an African woman founded a whiskey brand in the United States. And sure, I'm a little biased in this story. <laughs> Some of mm-hmm. you will know why. Um, but nonetheless, she is creating a larger conversation about the, the place that African-American slaves have in the history of whiskey, mm-hmm. in the history of spirits. And this is incredibly important because those are invisible people. Mm-hmm. And just like I won't allow Hollis to be invisible, which is why she's on the show now, that is part of the power that I have and, and the help and support I can give her. And now all of you listening, she is not invisible to you. We won't allow people to be invisible, right? Mm-hmm. We have to do the same for the founders of our beloved whiskey brands. When you look at a census record, when you look at the records from Mount Vernon, which is George Washington's distillery, don't have the fantasy in your head that George Washington was standing there at the mash ton or that he was (laughs) Wait, he wasn't? That is absolutely... You killed the fantasy! uh, No, No, he would have gotten his wig a little Mm. too misty. (laughs) Made his wooden teeth sound. That's right. Yes. (laughs) He just didn't have the palate for it with those wooden teeth. Everything tastes so oaky, but no, sir, it does not. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> it all for a while. <laughs> Shiver me knickers, this is Woodsy. God. All right, I'll stop. <laughs> but I mean, what, what would happen if he charred his teeth? I mean, like I a whole other, <laughs> like. All the shit they were making would have tasted a hell of a lot God. better. Yes, okay, it would have. Yeah, um, we need to copyright that anyway, idea right now. I know, right? We really do. Right. <laughs> Barrel in the now. teeth. <laughs> <laughs> oh crap! Um, the the reason I brought brought this up is because it will say on the census record, you know, the distillery, and here's all the people that work there or, or live live there, which was often the case. Distiller, 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 or slave, 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 slave. Mm-hmm. No names. So when someone went digging through the uh, records at, a dis- at an American distillery, they found the name of an African-American man and then master distiller. Just mind-blowing. So it is time to bust that open. And she, this woman who owns this brand, has changed the not only the story of American whiskey, the history of it, but she's changing the narrative completely. Mm-hmm. Um, we are now learning that a lot of the ways that we were aging spirits with barrel charring came from 
Afri- came from Africa, actually. The Africans were uh, aging their beer and purifying their water that way. So this is a thread through any aged spirit. That would be brandy. That would be rum. So this is exciting to me. This is beautiful to me. This is wonderful that we are making that change. We also have another woman that is changing how brands are marketing to people. We are not just marketing to white men anymore, especially in whiskey. There are women who drink whiskey. There are African-Americans who drink whiskey. There are Latinos who drink whiskey. There are Asians who drink whiskey. (laughs) The the narrow-sighted focus on just speaking to white men of a certain age is just so overdue and so out of date. It disgusts me. And she's doing a beautiful thing by creating a group of well over 10,000 members of African-Americans and non-African-Americans to say, hey, black people drink bourbon, too. It's fucking phenomenal. We have master distillers like our beloved Nicole Austin, who has been on the show, who you know, is a chemical engineer and won't we won't let she actually she doesn't want us to call her a master distiller (laughs) because that's who she is. Um, We have Sherry Moore, who, you know, was distillery operations manager for Brown Foreman and nobody even knows her name. You know, I mean, she will say herself, I was distilling whiskey when it wasn't cool to have a woman in that job. So she wasn't visible. She was an invisible entity, just like the slaves that are just referred to as slaves or distillers on those records. Mm -hmm. There are people in all facets of this industry that are making changes. And Hollis, you are one of them. You are making a historical change in this industry. And I think you're going to make a historical change in the way major brands um, create policies and change policies. Because you and I both know that this story is, is not over. This narrative will continue. We will not allow the story to go into the dusty bookshelves. We will keep it relevant. Um, false bullshit PR moves that say <laughs> Tom Bullet has stepped down, you know, is we know it's bullshit. That was quite obvious, and we won't accept it. So I, I think more, I also want to say, like, oh, please don't use the employees that you have now that are women and queer, like, to, to speak on your behalf. Yeah. Like, that's manipulative. That's not okay. Yes. You know? Yes. I mean, come and on. And it's sad because they, yes. I mean, they almost might feel obligated to do so if they're asked because of exactly what we Absolutely. Do. Afraid to say no. Absolutely. And, yeah. and it's not, and it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's a fart in the wind. It's not long lasting <laughs> yeah. change, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you get a, if you get a picture of, you know, one of the guys from Queer Eye carrying a, right. you know, rainbow suitcase for one of your brands, yeah. that doesn't mean that you support the gay right. community. It no. means you needed a picture of a gay guy who's kind of famous with a suitcase to support your mm-hmm. brand to make this story go away. Yeah. Right. And, yeah, and that's that's what bothers me is just the prostitution <laughs> of other Great people, way of it, yeah. and yeah. as a way, yep. and, and it's not for change. It's just yep. it's just an ineffective pivot. But yes. yeah, I cut you off. It's time to say three cheers. <laughs> it is, it, three three cheers to you specifically because you changed the way brands spoke to bartenders. And so yeah. Kayla and I feel this is a very sacred thing to us. Um, and it is it is something that brands 
today still talk about new brands that come onto the market. Who should you be focusing on when you go out into the market and you want your whiskey to be poured to the public? We now know it is us bartenders who have the power. It is the mixologists who can make or break your brand. And listen up, people, to what I just said. It is bartenders who can make or break your brand. Bartenders can take your bottle off the shelf and decide not to order it, and they can bring it on the shelf and order it. We can do both. So I want to thank you for that long-lasting legacy of highlighting the importance that we have. Bartenders work so hard and have such a difficult job that sometimes has very, very few rewards. So I know that I felt very seen and very visible and very rewarded when you created the strategy to specifically speak to the bartenders. And so that is important to me. So three cheers to you for that and to all of the other people out there making real change in our industry. I thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been it's been um, great. I mean, again, we're just in the first week of this and it's just been such a gift to I mean, it's been really healing to talk to the three of you. So thank you so much. I don't think you understand how much this is going to continue my positive trajectory um, in dealing with the um whatever happens next you know because we're yeah. in that weird place of what the hell happens it's next. out there what's to bring it right? bring it on right yep yep right yep. you have it yeah. you have our I'm support so, i'm happy to hear that 100%. yes you have our support completely oh, thanks thank you but even though this was a little bit of a different type of show i'm pretty good for a girl we are not going to end this show without discussing some of the fun stuff So we're going to play a little more music. And just so you know, music was curated by Hollis and Cher. So we're going to play another song for you. And then we're going to talk about some music, some art, some movies, some nerdy stuff. Let's nerd out. Let's do it. Okay, so we are called Spirit of Rock Network because of spirits and rock. (laughs) (laughs) How about that? I wish I came up with the name, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. I came up with an iteration and Ed, one of our lovely editors and uh, hosts of Metal Rock and Whiskey, fixed it for me. Nice. I knew I wanted, I knew I wanted, I don't, I can't even remember what he fixed, but um, so let's, so we've been listening to, um, I put two song, I put one song in there. Um, you guys chose the rest of the songs. Um, I just felt like, um, the song we're going to end the show with was very, very, very fitting. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited about that, but so you mentioned Legos. We know that you're an <laughs> artist, Hollis. Yeah. Um, let's talk about um, our, you know, let's talk about just the nerdy stuff, like art, movies, music. What's, what are you into right now? What has saved you through this? What do you try to focus on when you need to focus on something else? What makes you happy in that realm? Um, I really was excited for the second season of The OA to come out on Netflix. Yeah. Um, so good. But I think the best, I mean, it, it was good, but watching the first season again is always a treat. Um, it's just, it's, 
that really talks about stuff in our country that needs to be talked about in such like a poetic and like ethereal way. Um, and I really enjoyed the backstory to how they researched the whole writing of it and Brit Marling, like that was really inspiring to me. Um, uh, Stranger Things is always fun. We live yes. for sure. Yes. Uh, we, we just got the Lego set of that. Oh, wow. fun. Yeah. <laughs> I have a Lego oh. VIP card and I'm like, I have to get the points. We're going to get it. That's awesome. Oh, oh my God. That's amazing. So, Wait, so what is the set? The Lego set? It has for Stranger like the Things. upside down and the house. Like, it's Oh, that's so cool. You actually can flip That's it. That's awesome. That is like so cool. Brick so that you can like shine it on the wall with oh, like the ABC. That's amazing. It's crazy. Nice. So that is amazing. Yeah, I think there's a justice cool. for Barb brick. Like it's yes. what? Um, <laughs> so, I had I had a T-shirt and I I think someone stole it from me yeah. and I don't oh. know who would have been in in a place. But I, I I can't. I had a I had a justice for Barb T-shirt. <laughs> I, I don't know what happened to it. I think Sailor, you have five hundred million I know, t-shirts. Sure. It might be mixed in with the pack. <laughs> it's in our hamper right now. Else we did. We learned uh, what is it? Good Komodo from Michelle Kwan. So I know how to fold your t-shirts for you, so you know Ooh. what all of the little things are on them in your drawer, nice. Sailor. So. See, I need that, and I need, but I need like an entire room of cubbies for my shirts because yeah. it's it's absurd. Oh, let me tell you a quick story about Stranger Things. So this is. I'm going to admit some super nerdiness here. <laughs> Kayla, you might remember this post. When straight when the first season, no, it was the second season of Stranger Things came out. I was literally like, I was single at the time. I was like, me and my dog, don't call me. Don't social <laughs> media. No, just leave me alone. And I just blew through it. And I created yeah. an upside down cocktail. <laughs> Do you remember yes. That? That oh so my dumb. gosh. Oh my gosh! I'm sure it's somewhere on my, I'll have to repost it. Keep talking. So I I'll be looking. Took my phone and with the mu- I had the music going and slowly went. <laughs> nice. But I want to show you the picture of the Lego thing because I want you to somehow have a cocktail with caps on both sides, so it's like a double-sided cocktail, maybe. Okay. Ooh. Does Ooh. that? Yeah. That would put be. It, you have to put it like hmm. in an hourglass or something. I don't know. Do you? Ooh, what if you did two cocktail, Kayla? If we did two. Like one upside down, one right side up, and they blended together well. So you made it like an hourglass. So like as you drank it, it would like mix? Yeah. And you could have it the other way too. I like that oh, I'm like demonstrating like drinking. I know. Like on the side? Yeah. <laughs> with, with That'd be mini, so cool. Egg waffle oh, with the little mini that. clip. <laughs> oh my gosh. And like that. one of the, fl- and just a flower. It could be, what What are they? What are the, the things? Oh, yeah. The edible. Yeah. A demigo, an edible. <gasps> yes. <gasps> you can yes, paint it yes, black yes, and yes. stuff with like uh, edible paint or even yes. just get like a black uh, <laughs> flower. Oh my gosh. It's so fun. This is, I love it. We have to do this. Okay. We'll have to, okay. Sideline to discussion we're going to create this we've trademarked it already <laughs> that's that's it. nobody can Hands steal off. this shit from us <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny i almost i almost so i my husband i said to him well we're trying to figure out how to decorate our bedroom i'm like let's do, <laughs> put the christmas lights on the wall with yes. the alphabet behind our bed and he was just like what and he's a super nerd too but he's like that's taking it he's like that's too far <laughs> they have like strangers things bedding and stuff at Target. It is for children, I believe. Yeah, why don't they make king size? What the fuck? Get some throw pillows up in there. You you guys can't see, but above us, I have King Kong, Godzilla, a minion, Joker, Riddler, and Yoda. So, I mean... I was seeing some cool stuff in the background there, like those posters. 
Uh, Erin shares like karate. I love it. Oh, Oh, it's so fun. Karate. Because, you know, minions and karate. Uh, I think that they're like cat samurais or something. Oh, I love it. Epcot, Japantown or whatever it was. Oh, wow. Anyways, we can walk to um, we can walk to the park, and that's how I get my exercise in. That's my impetus to get like my four mile walk in every day. I love and, it. Um, and they did a Stranger Things for Halloween Horror Nights, and they oh, had wow. a house. They do these these houses, and um, and it was I mean it was spot on. Like they had the sets basically from the TV show almost. Except the problem that's is, is like crazy. if you're artsy and geeky, like you want to see it, right? Yeah. But if you mm-hmm. don't like to be scared shitless, not so much, right? <laughs> now that's me. That's me. Right. Fun. I mean, I don't. I remember like waiting in line and like turning to Sharon, being like, "This could be triggering." Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking like, "What's up, dumbass?" And and not only like share it was it was the day after we got married, right? So yeah. this is this is the first day we after got married. Is that your honeymoon? Well, yeah. Is that where you had your honeymoon? Whatever. So so the day after we get married, so we're we're walking around in Universal. We're at the Stranger Things house and Cher, she said it's because she can't see as well. So, all right, whatever. She's using me as a human (laughs) shield, okay? (laughs) To all these things that are jumping out at you, right? (laughs) She would would kind of like throw me five feet at times and then I would hear her go, ha, ha, ha. She would like run and catch because I can see them like behind there, and I'm like, you go first. And I'm like, like, what? <laughs> I was like, this is married life with you. I'm gonna be a human shield. And I, I was, it was, it was upsetting. Because there was like no getting out of it at that point. <laughs> well, at the next house, the guy did it, the poltergeist house. The guy did it. Me, and that was like the way worse house to have that head. Like there was a guy. No, thank you. It was like one of those like seven foot teenagers with his dad, and he kept like running so fast. He ran all the way in front of me, and then he'd have to come back and. So so he kept getting scared twice. <laughs> they come out, and I find like, and you, dude, you just you go first. You go get the creepy clown guy, and, and you forgot about the clowns, right? Yeah. You know, like you're in there going, oh, that what I was scary, and uh-uh. like one clown. Mm. There's clowns freaking Mm-mm. everywhere. No, no. Oh my god. And then and then I'm sitting no. going, why did we do two of these? Why are we here? No. Well, what do we do? Why do we like to torture no. ourselves? What? Like I just wanted to see the girl that looks like Winona Ryder. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, looking at her, and the sets are they're amazing. Oh my gosh. The show. And then I'm Winona's looking awesome. at stuff. She's so good. Awesome. Yeah. Whatever. So, so unhinged. And then also the guy who plays uh, <laughs> Hopper, whatever the cop, comes out Hopper. and shooting a gun. Hopper, and I'm like, ah, yeah. oh, what the hell? I'm just oh, looking my. at you. Can you shoot me later? You know? But when you go, <laughs> See, to, Halloween, when you go to Halloween Horror Nights, you, they, have, they have like scare actors like on the way yeah. to the rides. No. See, that's what fucks you up. That would give me more than anything else. I got, oh my God, I'll never forget, in college, we went up to some, I don't know, butthole town in in northern Ohio, (laughs) and there was this old house, farmhouse, that they turned into a haunted house. So, like, and you take a hayride from the parking lot to the house, right? It's broad daylight, and you're just... (laughs) You're not, you're, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you're gonna wait in line. So we've got our little flask and we're like, oh, it's very fall ish and whatever. All of a sudden, some motherfucker comes out of the tree line with the, the mask and the and the chainsaw and I'm just like but it's not supposed to start happening yet yeah. I'm not ready and he jumped on the thing and people are screaming no. people start jumping Ooh. off the hayride did he have like the chainsaw yes he had oh, the whole yeah. and he was like jumping on top of people and like I would not do that 
No. This is no. so all going to no. have to be cut out of the show because we just no. talked about Stranger Danger and now we're talking about how fun. I know, I know. <laughs> all of this will be cut out. This, Did this you have your partner like with woman, you? You know, she just wants it both ways or whatever somebody this is, is going to say. I, this is what I love about human beings. This is what I love about how we operate. This is what cracks me up. I mean, I so I once, uh, I used to own a hair salon and the little, the local town I was my first year in business was like, hey, you know, we can't host the Halloween uh, haunted house anymore. Would you be willing to do it? You girls are creative. You can figure something out. So we're all, I'm thinking to myself like, okay, but I thought, I don't like haunted houses. I'm not going to make it very scary. So I hope these kids aren't disappointed, you know. And what? how much could we do in my operating business, too? You know, I don't want to screw the place up. So never underestimate a hairdresser. This is, this is going to be the moral <laughs> of the story. So we had a, we were in like a, a shopping plaza. And there was, at one point, a line wrapped around the building. Nice. And I thought, no pressure here. <laughs> so I had my ex-husband was bringing in groups of six. We're like, let's just bring in small groups. And so our little receptionist, we had her dress up in a stewardess uniform. And, you know, we did all her one, one of my girls did great FX makeup. And it looked like it was a plane crash. And, you know, her neck had been severed. And she's gonna walk you through this entire haunted house. And there they sent us some high school kids that were in the drama department. And just some random props. And we had this coffin, and I didn't know what the hell to do with it. And I didn't know what the hell to do with this poor kid who was not scary looking at all. He was a very fashionable little vampire dude. Not scary. So at at the last minute, yeah, it was like ridiculous. So at the last minute, I'm just, he's like, well, what about me? I'm like, ah, shit. So I laid the coffin down on the floor, right? When you walk in, I said, just lay here and then open it. When she starts bringing the group in and like grab people's legs or something, I don't know what else to do with you. So, you know, we had like strobe lights and pieces of tinfoil everywhere to look like a plane crash. And so (laughs) not realizing... Yes, exactly. Foil, exactly. Highlight foil. So we didn't realize how scary it would be that you don't think it started yet and someone grabs your lips. Yeah. But the funniest Mm. thing is that, so we were all set up in our stations and the way he would jump out and go, ah, we (laughs) die. You could hear us all shitting ourselves laughing. (laughs) (laughs) And so we're trying to keep it in. So you go from one thing to the other. And my master stylist was this creepy doll. And she had all these like doll heads around her. And she would just go up to people and be like, do you want to play? That's creepy. She had this big knife and she would go, let's play a game where I win and you die. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, my God. I would have never expected this from her. I want that. On a t-shirt for so many reasons Where right I now. Would, yeah, yeah, with the creepy doll. And I mean, she looked like a baby doll. It was... And then another gal, her uh, her parents <laughs> were dentists. And so we set her up in the in the uh, massage chair and she has another girl one of our another receptionist and she's like drilling into her mouth and she has her whole her dad's whole you know the gear on and she Mm -hmm. went she got like legit power tools and all this Mm -hmm. stuff but we had her with a real drill that didn't have a drill bit and so she's drilling into this girl's face but you just walk into it was our esthetician room it's just this room and it's dark and people are waiting for something and then all of a sudden the light turns on and the other girl's like screaming and she's got the blood packets in her teeth and blood so kids are Night. running that they're running like out, out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I want to go it was scary they were running out then we had a guy in the closet 
trapped in the closet with his cell phone. Um, <laughs> terrible reference, I know. <laughs> Wait for it. So we took the door off and put a shower curtain on there, and he was in a shower cap and, and a towel. And the funny thing is, is that he would have to sit there for 15 minutes waiting because he was at the end for all the groups to come through. <laughs> so the whole time I know he's in the sitting in the closet with a towel on <laughs> a shower cap and it was all pink. Oh my gosh. So he went, oh wait, was it pink or was it salmon? <laughs> it was, I'm sorry. Bring it home. It was, it was salmon. I'm sorry. <laughs> in his salmon gear. He was and a real so man. he would, they, so he would, they would think it was over. And so the girl would go, okay, you guys, you can exit right there. And he would pull the shower curtain back and we'd, he'd press play on the, the psycho music and come after them with a knife. So they'd run out the back door and I had someone outside with a chainsaw and another, and a photographer <laughs> to catch people's reactions. Oh my and gosh. Like, people were like up in the air sideways. Mouth That's what I would want to see. That was yeah, the best yeah. thing that you did. was, was get the, the photographer. Cr- like crying. Oh my like, gosh. People, like their feet off the ground, like not connect. And kids faces like, you know, like contorted scrape because they think it's over and they're like okay <sighs> guy got me ha 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 right. and they turn around and then this guy comes around the corner in the alley with the chainsaw and there's this flash mm. from the camera <laughs> so apparently did you see anyone using their significant other as a human yes there were, <laughs> there were parents that pushed their so kids you're not alone. forward you're not as alone. they got scared there I were wives like chainsaw <laughs> no, it was, but we didn't have the thing well, on. Well, I would have gotten thing. it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're, when I was in college, I was a huge Chucky fan. Every time a new Chucky movie came out, and mm-hmm. a friend of mine got me one of those little Chucky dolls. Right, it's about the size of a toddler. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm college, so a lot of my friends live in, like, not great neighborhoods. And so just, I don't remember why, but for a joke, I just put it in the backseat of my little Honda Civic and belted it in, mm-hmm. right? And we remember it was this one friend's house and like people's cars get broken into all the time, right? And we're looking out the window one night and also we saw some kids come up to the car and they looked in the car and they saw the little Chucky doll and literally saw the kids go like, dude, I don't know, man. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> like, Chucky. And we could hear them and they're like, like I never lost a radio. That's the car amazing. never got broken into. Nothing. That's super That's smart. Awesome. Like everybody else is going to lose their raise. I'm like, dude, get a Chucky doll. Put it in your backseat. That's so and smart. Belt that puppy in and it's best Fuck security Jack, system Get either. a Chucky. Well, these, yeah, and these, the kids, a lot of the kids at this haunted house were, te- and I was worried about the teenagers and we were also mm. telling parents, hey, don't bring the little ones in. Yeah, yeah. 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 Can't, that's a whole other, that's a whole other discussion because yeah. like I got legit pissed at some parents like you discard your child for life yeah. idiots oh but God, no. the teenagers yeah. were all like oh this isn't gonna be right. scary what's yeah. this in a hair salon yeah. and they were the first ones to be like oh right. hell no <laughs> I ain't messing with no dolls hell no no not doll oh a dentist oh hell no and they would run out the front door Oh my god! Like you know, and I, my ex-husband was telling me they're all posturing beforehand. I'm like, was it the guy in the blue shirt? He's like, yeah, yeah. He's telling all his friends, oh, this ain't gonna scare me. It's gonna be a waste of my time. And he was the first one <laughs> ran out the door. Good, that's what you get. <laughs> my husband's trying to get me to watch Haunting on Hill House. No, Did don't you do guys it. watch that. Don't do it. That's good. I watched. I think we're like three episodes in, and. 
I told him I will agree to watch it if we don't watch it at night. <laughs> so now he's pissed because we're like halfway through an episode, but we had to stop. I think our, our kid woke up or something. We have been able to finish it because we only have free time in the evening. I'm like, I'm not fucking watching this nope. at night time. No. Mm-hmm. It's well, it's well stuff. written. It's well written. So far, it's really good. It's, it's, it's good, but again, not at night time. No. I have my rules. I don't think, I'm not down I think that's a good stuff. idea. Yeah, I just can't Cher, do scary stuff. Cher likes to watch it through blankets, and then it's okay. Like blankets with holes, crochet blankets. Yeah, yeah. I, had, I had an, I had I just an older brother who had me watching scary movies yeah. way too young. And I remember being behind my dad's lazy boy with <laughs> grandma's crocheted blanket. Like, <laughs> yes. watching, way too young I'm watching like this scary shit. My parents are like, why doesn't this girl sleep? I'm like, because I'm scared shitless. I thought there was yeah, like, you a have witch no idea what outside the trauma the exactly. I did. I learned how to knit so that I could replace the like, you know, 40-year-old like shit brown binky that Cher uh, didn't wash ever until like nine years in. I was crocheted. I thought it would fall apart. Are you kidding? That, that, wash the blanket. Like, so, so gross. That's and, so funny. Now I've, I can knit blankets so that she can there you go. look through the holes. I think I watched the entire movie Mandy from behind a blanket. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. That movie disturbed me to, and at the I'm time sure. I had just came out here to the Northwest and I was staying with my parents and they have a they like cabin in the woods like a log home in the woods and i was just like and to leave there to leave the house looked like the road that the psychos picked mandy up (laughs) everything about that movie i couldn't i still think about it and i wish it's i could cleanse my brain and get it out of my head (laughs) but the whole time i'm watching it from behind the blanket and i kept looking at my husband and I'm like, can I look now? And he's like, nope. Can I look now? And I'm like, can I look at any of the movies? Like, Probably not. Totally not. Probably not. It's not a good okay, idea. For Hollis all the time, she's like, it's still. Gro-. I'm like, it's still gross. It's still squirting. Yep. Wait, yep. no, not yet, not mm-hmm. yet. It's no. There's, there's mm-hmm. parts. No, it's still. Too I don't shiny. need to see fake invasive surgery. <laughs> <laughs> That's what anesthesia's for. Oh, <laughs> exactly. That was hell. My husband had Hellboy on last night, the new, the latest one, and I, I was trying to take a nap and all I could hear was ah, ooh, ah. <laughs> and I look up at one point and it was oh my god I was like what are what is no turn it off turn it off You're yeah not it's kind of gross I didn't make it didn't through what's that the movie with the pinhead guy oh I hate oh, yeah. that yes. pinhead yeah. I haven't watched any of those those were like so gross Hellraiser? no those are disturbing Hellraiser, yeah. Hellraiser. 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 those are not scary they're disturbing and I yeah, specifically remember Back in my teenage days when we used to get high and watch movies, someone turned that on. What a terrible time to watch a movie like that. (laughs) I mean, talk about fucking you up for life. I just remember some scene where it was a woman and a man, and I I don't know the characters because I don't like the movie. And Mm -hmm. she's looking at some triangle thing. I don't know. And they're in hell, right? And he goes... Oh my God! And she looks at him and goes, and is looking up at the thing and worship like, no, that's my God. <laughs> and I was just like, that's it. I'm out. I gotta go, God. I'll see you later. I don't... And I just cried. I drove myself home, stoned out of my brain, super paranoid, and just cried the whole time. And I remember getting home and being like, I have to watch cartoons. I've, <laughs> I've done that. Right yeah. You have to like, yeah. I have done that <laughs> exact thing. Very cleanse. <laughs> I think I also didn't get high for a really long time after that because <laughs> it was just all one very bad experience. Hellraiser scared you straight, huh? Yes, it did. There yeah. you go. 
parents, if you want to get your kids off drugs, just show them Hellraiser while they're fucked up. (laughs) You'll pay the therapy bills later, or they will. Go home. Put on an fab. Something funny. Something funny. Ad fab. Yes, ad fab. Tom and Jerry. Something. Yeah. Tom and Jerry. (laughs) Oh my god, so good. All right, we've discussed movies, haunted houses, some nerdy stuff. So what? I think the last thing. Let's let's end on music because that's one of our favorite topics here on the Mm -hmm. show. Other than booze, is music. Um, I don't know anything about relevant music today I, I always ask people if they do if you guys listen to any artists that are relevant today <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to say I have great taste in music I'm, I'm going to say or that I'm up with it I, I, I did really this is awful the song the <laughs> sin, you know the first um, season of The Sinner the song that keeps playing in that no. there's this song that keeps playing in it and when she whenever and I, I like that song a lot and i think that's a newer song <laughs> I, I think hearing like old songs from like high school like, i mean they play pixies. i think it's called hugging and kissing that's what it's Huggin called oh, yeah, i don't like, know who i don't know who sings it like that the, would be the pixies black, big black delta me? hugging and kissing yeah oh okay okay the big black delta that's the i like it because it's kind of it's like it's a little 80s ish but it seems like uh-huh. a good it seems like like a a good kind of redo of the 80s, right? You know, because gotcha. I, okay. I don't know how much of the 80s need to be redone. <laughs> so I was surprised that I really liked it. Look at you. <laughs> I love the 80s. I, I don't, I mean, I like this. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I like Stranger Things. It has some of the old, like, rock anthems. Yeah, it does yeah. have really good music. The music's yeah, incredible. Music. Yeah. Um, and I love yeah, the, the remnant, uh, not the remnant, what's the... The as midnight. A, as the Pixies, where is my mind keeps popping up? Yeah, it was in Westworld. Yeah. Yes, yes. The Remnants. That's, that's what great. it was called. It was in that the yeah. yeah, it yeah. was the Westworld soundtrack. Um, redoing all of the the old things with the Westworld kind of mindset, like the Westworld aesthetic. Like that's been really interesting. Like the player piano. They have like a, the stones oh, yeah. painted yes, black yes. and. Yep. Yep. I, I know exactly. So there's a band, or not a band, an artist called their artist. I don't tell you call them these days. Called the Midnight. And my husband is obsessed with them, and that's very much the like Stranger Things, that eighty electronica, and they just they do a really good job at it. I really, I really. So that's something relevant I know about. I was a, I was an old metalhead. Like I remember I'd go to the gay bars, and I'm like, I hate this music. People are like, why aren't you dancing? Because they're playing like, boo, boo. And I go home, and I'm listening like ACDC, Scorpions, Rainbow. You know, yeah, yeah, none yeah. of this, and I'm like. Neil Schoen. No, I don't know what this, you know, anybody's dancing around. Right go on MRW. Yeah. yeah, we need to have you as a guest on Metal Rock and Oh, that'd be awesome. I mean, I, talk metal with us. Yeah, that was like all I listened to. And people like, the girl, I mean, I always felt bad. Like a real cute girl will come up and go like, do you want to dance? I'm like, uh. <laughs> no. No, I could fake a slow <laughs> dance, but I can't do it. I can like headbang. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can do this. You know, my little girl, I just, <laughs> just came from I feel like. Every gay bar I went to with my friends in the 80s, the only song they were playing was How Does It Feel? <laughs> That's all that it was ever. It's the theme of, the whole, of my ex- Yes, I don't know why. I think- and I feel like... Anywhere I went, in any state I went, it was the same song playing all the time. Oh, they had... I mean, Femme to Femme came to the bar once. Black Box came to the bar, and I realized the people who go to the bars and kind of do, like, their little lip sync are not the people that sing, and it's not the person... <laughs> That sings on the album, like the lady who sings on the album is a, you know, 
normal size African American, right. not this yeah. model that they show and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. just never knowing like what Yeah, what was that and, band and, that had the song out Sweat and they got busted for that? Do you oh, remember? Yeah. Um, K- KLM? K- are they called KLM? Maybe, yeah, I can't and, remember. And they and it was like the hit song, top of the charts for who knows how long. It wouldn't go away. And they performed, and it was this blonde girl, and she was. It was not the girl who actually sang on the album. That's it right. It was an African American woman. Yeah, and she. I mean, her voice was killer, and it, I don't know what. I don't remember what sparked it at that time because mm. apparently that had been done forever. Mm. Um, the Duran Duran did it with that stupid Undone song. Yeah, yeah. It's mm-hmm. not a little skinny redheaded girl. That. <laughs> that was an amazing black lady, mm. and yeah, I just remember everybody being so shocked, yeah. and I was like, "Really?" Yeah, it's good. No, I remember everybody's all upset, like Millie Vanilli didn't really sing. I'm like, "Dude, oh, I just yeah. sang from like Billy Squaller and Aldo Nova, so I don't know anything about any of that shit." Yeah. <laughs> like basement jacks a lot because it's a little bit like prince you know it's it's kind of it's just a different version and they have amazing african-american women that sing the choruses for them and the songs and like i saw them in a concert once and like they come out with like a gorilla costume and like these like badass like aretha franklin women that are just like i'm gonna kill this song (laughs) yes you are that's amazing (laughs) we've got a show lined up that we'll get to one of these days about backup singers and um, the movie, oh, yeah, what is it, 20 Feet from Stardom? Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. I think. 20, oh, my God. Incredible. And really, my inspiration was um, talking about uh, the woman who sings on Gimme Shelter, the Rolling Stones song. I heard mm-hmm. an is- her isolated track and was just like, whoa, Ugh. we yeah. need to be talking about this woman. And the more I dug into her, the more I dug into the others. And it was just like unbelievable and just you know a cool concept like the women behind yeah everyone. yeah you know and all the without, backup singers you know, yeah without sweet home you know sweet home alabama fuck that song but if you li- if you hear why the backup singers decided to go ahead and do it it was their fuck you to that which was mm-hmm. amazing um and that song would be nothing without them and um take a walk on the wild side you know and the curled color girls go do to do, to do <laughs> yeah no, just yeah it's just you don't even you don't i don't know you don't think about it so yeah we're gonna do a show on that so that's, that's super cool, cool. that'll be awesome probably every yeah. joe cocker song <laughs> yes oh yeah the right. woman who was his backup singer was wow she's something else mm-hmm. something else yeah these oh my god the voices are just unbelievable unbelievable well i think it's a good time to wrap it up now um i'm really happy we got to do this this is awesome we got to spend this time together and we got to talk about this really important subject and your story Mm -hmm. and like i said i will not allow your story to disappear and i will not allow your mark on the bourbon industry to disappear or be defamed i am an ally so um i've got your back it just yeah you know kind of speechless it's hard to receive that stuff still you know, of that course. nice stuff, <laughs> that supportive, <laughs> loving stuff. Yeah. Yes. So, but, but I'm receiving it. <laughs> Feel kind of woo-woo That's right it, now. It'll, it'll, hit, it, it'll hit her later. So, yeah. Sure. I'm, I mean, I actually think the takeaway from the show today is it actually took me away from a lot of that, oddly enough. And it's been, like, Good. super, like, fun and relaxing. You know? I hope that the listeners, like, kind of feel, like, 
at least some of that. Yes. Because <laughs> it's deep stuff that we're talking about, you know. So, yeah. and I think, you know, I guess if anything, when you talk about self-care, like you, you got to make time to just breathe and relax and laugh and have fun and giggle and, yeah, you know, absolutely. meet some new people that yeah. are the right yeah. people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know. It's okay to laugh when you're going through tragedies. Yeah. It's okay. You know, I laugh at funerals out of nerve. It's nerves. And I know that. I had to learn that. But I also know, you know, it's okay. I always think about my brother and I were there for when my father was passing away. And him and I have the same brain. And thank God it was the two of us because I wouldn't have been able to handle everybody else Mm -hmm. freaking out. You know, we just, we get very like, okay, let's be pragmatic about this. What do we, what did he want? What do we do? Give me the science. Let me see the brain scans, you know, all of that. Yeah. And then we were making really inappropriate jokes because that's yeah. how we deal. Yeah. And we also knew we had to laugh. You like you, yeah. you do have to laugh. You at do it. have to laugh. And if anyone would have heard us, they would have thought we were psychotic, I'm sure. But, you know, that's, it's, it's important to take, t- and my father would have loved that we were laughing mm-hmm. in the end. Yeah. He would have loved, he would have loved the sick jokes. That was, that's where we get it from. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say, that's where you get it from. Oh, he would have been proud. He would have pushed us even further, let me tell yeah. you. He was, he, he had a knack for that. So, but you do realize sometimes when you look back in moments of difficulty, if you had help or time or to, to laugh or have fun or just take, just for a minute, take a break from it. It's very, very important. So mm-hmm. I'm glad we got to do that with you today. Yeah, yeah definitely. Cool. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah. <laughs> it's been fun. Awesome. Well, you guys are welcome back anytime, please. Anytime. Cool. We consider cool. you part of the podcast family now. So. Yay. Well, you got our number. You're in. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Jenny, will you take us out of here? You got it. Uh, ladies, it's sadly time to say goodbye, but we will return in two weeks with a brand spanking new episode, so make sure to hit that subscribe button. Speaking of subscribe, hey listeners, have you written a review for us? No? Well, you better do it now or else. You might miss, (laughs) you might miss future shows and all of the fun and you wouldn't want that. Okay, well, you know that we love to hear from you, so please follow us on Instagram at Pretty Good for a Girl, and you can ask to join our Facebook group. But if you want to follow us individually, you can find me at Cadellis and Jenny. You can find me at Rumderwoman247. Sela. You can find me as Sailor Retro all over the internet. And if you would like to, um, follow Hollis and her journey uh, and Cher's journey together. Um, I have provided links in the show notes, so please check those out. So thank you for listening. You guys are the best, and we will see you next time. And now for the song that says it all. I stood